The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball brought to you by RamShirts.com. Visit RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. This week we continue celebrating women in baseball. Uh, my guest today is the general manager of the uh, AAA team for the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Reno Aces, Emily Jansen. Emily, thanks for coming on with me today. Yeah, my pleasure, Robert. Thanks for having me. So before we get going, let me tell you this, folks, before I forget, because I may forget, but the giveaway, we're going to do the giveaway show on Sunday, March the 28th. So if you want to win the shirt from Ram Shirts or the dugout mug, the custom dugout mug, send your email to astrosbaseballpodcast at gmail.com. All right, Emily, let's get started here. So you are the only female general manager at the trip triple a level and that's pretty amazing are are, do you know if you're the only general manager in minor league baseball at all so that was the stat when i was hired in 2018 i was the first female gm in triple a in nearly 20 years and i am excited to tell you that now there's two more of us so i got we got the ball rolling at the triple a level and then there's um a few others um, in in double and single A. So we do represent, um, although we represent a minority uh, of of GMs in minor league baseball. And now we actually have one in major league baseball for the Marlins. We do, yeah, Kim Ang. Um, I had heard of her, um, you know, for a lot of years. And it was funny when she got... um, I should just say when she earned the role uh, as GM of the Marlins, I I had lived in Houston for two years. And one of um, my former colleagues uh, who works for Houston Methodist hospitals um, sent me a screenshot of a text message exchange we had had probably two years prior that said, Kim Ang will be the first female GM in Major League Baseball. <laughs> and so I was uh, pretty excited to call it, but I think I was one of many who who called called her shot for sure. Well, I'm really glad that you said her name for me because I wasn't really sure how to say it. But uh, let's go to Houston. You, you, you told me before uh, in one of the emails that you lived there from 2016 to 2018. You got to experience the World Series as well as the hurricane. Tell me about your time in Houston. I did. Um, we loved our time in Houston, and it was uh, a bit wet and a bit hot. Um, but you know, the great food, great people, uh, and all that there is to do. We we loved our time there. And for me in my career, it was a great stop along my career path, working with 
the Harris County Houston Sports Authority. And um, through that role, I got a chance to go to several uh, Astros games um, the year they, they won the World Series. Actually, my my uh, youngest son, his first baseball game was a Stroh's game. He was only uh, seven weeks old and he was there. So I'll look forward to telling him that story for many years. <laughs> yeah, when my kids were young, I took them to the uh, Astrodome and I'm, I don't even know if they remember going. I know they know they went, but I don't know if they actually can physically remember it. But I told them at least you got to go. You I mean you were there. Uh, so let's talk about your childhood. Uh, were you into sports or baseball at all as a kid? I was. So I like to say I started my career in baseball at five when I helped my mom take score for my older brother's Little League games. And I, I just loved the way it was done with the pencil and the the book and the attention that you had to pay to everything that happened in the game. Um, and then, yes, I, I myself played my own sports. I played everything under the sun, um, starting in gymnastics to t-ball, um, two years, only girl on the boys team. Uh, then I moved into soccer, volleyball, track, cross country, basketball, you name it. Um, but at the end of end of my amateur sports career, the the winning sport was soccer. I played for a second um, in college at University of Illinois, and um, then gave, th- hung up my cleats and uh, picked up my books and really got into uh, my studies. And that's where I had started to figure out what I wanted to do with my career. I knew I wanted to work in sports, but I didn't know how to make that happen. I thought that would be on the sidelines as a trainer. That was what I could see on TV where you could show up and work for the team. You couldn't see behind inside the front office until I was uh, a senior in college and One of the women that I knew at Illinois um, had gone on to work for the Chicago Bulls, and I reached out to her and found out how she got her opportunity, talked to her about what I needed to do to get an opportunity, and that's how I got my foot in the door. I started with the Chicago Bulls as an intern um, right out of college, one of uh, 12 of us who worked in ticket sales for seasons and groups um, during the 2005-2006 season. And it was a great, great place to start to learn the business and what drives the revenue um, engine of a sports team. You also worked with the MDA. Can you tell me about that? Sure. So following my time with the Bulls, uh, I was really interested in what the charitable organization of the Chicago Bulls was doing. They were called the the Charitables. They were really good with those great catchy names um, over there. <laughs> so I um, I didn't have an opportunity with with the team, but I wanted to explore that opportunity in my career. So I took a job with Muscular Dystrophy Association Chicago, and there I got the chance to work on a smaller fundraising team with a really big budget in a big city and help. Uh, MDA raise a lot of money for people in need who had neuromuscular diseases and also help them to start to make connections in the sports industry. So that didn't that didn't wane as I, I left a front office 
In fact, I helped them create some bridges between the sports teams in Chicago and um, create different fundraising opportunities and ultimately um, a big event. So that was that was a great stop on my career because that's another another builder of what I do today. I work with the community a lot as the general manager of the ACES. And I also do a lot of partnerships, um, both corporate and not-for-profit partnerships. And so that that uh, stepping stone with, with MDA was critical to my career and understanding how to uh, foster and grow partnerships. So how did you end up uh, working for the ACES? Yeah, so... Um, most stories like this start with either a job offer or a guy. In my situation, mine starts with a guy. And um, I married a man in the military, and he had an opportunity to come out and work in northern Nevada. And I will be honest, I had to Google the town that we were going to move to because the only thing I knew of Nevada is what most people know of Nevada, and that's Las Vegas. Um, but we got uh, we got to move to northern Nevada. He was out at the base and um, I, I was in town in Reno and Reno is fortunate enough to have an incredible ballpark and uh, the AAA Reno Aces. So I got introduced here um, when the new president came in and I had a background in sports, obviously, with with the Bulls and um, a background in selling partnerships. And by that time in my career, I had about eight years experience out of college driving revenue uh, for organizations. But the only role available with the Aces at the time was an account executive role. And I had been had had director titles in my past. And so that was a bit of a step back, but it wasn't really a step back because I had made a promise to myself, if I accept this position, I am going to grow and prove myself in this organization and show them what I can do. And I'm going to earn the title that I think I deserve. And so two years later, I was vice president of corporate partnerships and um, really having a lot of fun working for the team and, and doing great things to elevate our sponsors and um, also entertain our fans. What, what is an account executive? So an account executive is a more junior sales role. So there's it's sort of like the base level of, of sales. You have account executives, and then from there you might move up to account manager, senior manager, director, vice president. So there can be lots of steps within a sales department, uh, but typically the first level that you enter is account exec. And that was the only role available at the ACES, um, the only role I was being offered, and uh, I took it, and I bet on myself. What year was that? That was in 2013. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, so Vice President of Corporate Partnership, is that what the other one was? And is that sort of like advertising and stuff? It is. So anytime you're watching a baseball game and you see – the billboards in the outfield, or you're eating a, um, a branded something from the concession stand, or drinking a certain type of beer or soda, um, or visiting a ballpark that has the name of a brand on the front, 
that all comes through corporate partnerships and that is um, it's driving revenue for that sports franchise and it's also elevating the companies in the community to pair them up with the sports team in town. How important is the the Reno Aces team to the community of Reno? Um, you know, I, I think that the community is really important to us because they're our big supporters, but I also think we're really, really important to them too. Um, we are consistent, uh, family-friendly entertainment all season long um, for, in a typical year, 72 home games. Um, we bring incredible experiences to the biggest little city. And that moniker is one that's known um, around the globe, but it's really true. Reno is not that big of a town, and we happen to have the highest level of minor league baseball in an incredible facility um, right in the heart of the community. And so it's just been such a blessing to work for for the Aces um, and to be a part of that, be part of that gathering space and that memory making for the people who live and visit this incredible community of Reno, Nevada. This is sort of off topic, but something uh, that you said just a little bit earlier about what people know about Nevada. But I used to do a lot of crossword puzzles and Reno was usually on there, but the clue was always divorce city. Like, I guess people go get divorced there or something. That's that's another thing that I know about Reno. That's so funny. That is back from the the 60s and 70s. Um, That was some for some reason part of reno's history i guess it was easier to get a divorce in nevada <laughs> so people would travel here to do that i don't know why it was reno and not um las vegas but uh but yeah that's that's an old one you know now we're the doorstep to lake tahoe um, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world um and world-renowned skiing and snowboarding and and summer activities and hiking um, and we're also uh, a big hub for um, lots of companies um, whose employees enjoy the outdoors and work-life balance. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. So when did you start your, I mean, I know you started your role at, as GM in 2018. But that was your next step after account executive? No, so I mean, no, I mean, vice president of corporate. That's yeah. I so I, I earned the role of VP, and then um, my husband got an opportunity in Houston coming out of the military, and so I gave him again his shot to to go after what he wanted next in that transition. And so we spent two years in Houston. As I mentioned, I got connected with Harris County Houston Sports Authority and got the chance to work with an incredible team at that organization. And all the while, I kept in touch with the Reno Aces. Um, I talked to the president pretty regularly, you know, told him about projects I was working on in Texas. And in 2018, the role of GM became available. And he had put out a national search and gotten to the finish line with a couple of candidates. And at the end of the day, he knew who he wanted to occupy that role of general manager he just had to convince me to move back to reno from houston so um i got the call hey we want we want you to come back and we want you to take this role 
and one of my sayings is be so good they won't forget you it's mm -hmm. making sure your work really speaks for itself and speaks for what you're capable of and I think that's an example of the great work I was able to do for the three years I was with the team before we relocated. And um, so at that recognition and at that opportunity, we took the chance to um, to move back to Reno, Nevada in 2018 so I could take take on that GM role. Oh, that's a pretty amazing story that you left and they wanted you to come back. That's how awesome you were. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so let me ask you this. I, I know... A lot of people don't know the inner workings of minor league, but when I think about a general manager at the major league level, I know they're, you know, adding players and signing, you know, signing players, trading people. What, what does the general manager do in tr in a triple A? I mean, do y'all have anything to do with like sending people down and calling people up or is that from the major league level? So um, part of my role is to make sure that we are a great partner to our major league affiliate, which is the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that's a lot of things um, involving the players and making sure that they have an incredible facility um, to develop their talent so that they can get, get the call up to the big leagues, um, that they feel supported when they're here in Reno and um, sort of manage that travel and and carousel of players that can sometimes be what's on your roster at the AAA level. Uh, in addition to working with, with the D-backs, um, it's also about putting on a great show for our fans. So I also oversee all of our marketing efforts, um, our media buys. I'm a part of the corporate partnerships team still working with um, our partners and advertisers in the ballpark. I work on community relations, making sure the ACEs are connected um, inside the Northern Nevada community. Um, I oversee ACEs PR uh, and radio and travel. Um, so it's it's most of the business, um, you know, touches my hands um, as we put on a really large amount of events um, for hundreds of thousands of people every year and also um, make sure that we have the best facility and a great relationship um, with our partners at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Another thing I was always curious about is when some of the major league players have to go to uh, the minor leagues for like a rehab assignment, like what is it like when uh, one of those guys come back down for an assignment? Uh, you know what, it depends on the player. Uh, some of them are, I don't know the right, the right word to use. Some of them are like, they, it's like a throwback, you know, to come back to like a smaller stadium, um, connect with, with the fans, depending on who it is, we may have a, a group of people who caught word of it through the public relations engine and fly into town with their long range cameras so they can get, uh, great photos of this player on our field and, and get his autograph. Um, and then some players, it's 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 all business. Like they're here, they know exactly how long they hear, they're here, they know exactly how many innings they're playing and what they're supposed to be doing and what, what their rehab assignment is. And they're just, you know, it's just a stop until they um, 
get back with the major league club. So it's pretty interesting. It's fun to watch um, those those rehab assignments. And when you get a player who is really personable, um, that's that's a lot of fun to get to connect with that guy uh, on a smaller stage. So how does it feel uh, not you know, we're, we're celebrating women in baseball how what what is it like being a woman in a leadership role on a on a baseball team um you know it depends on when you've asked me that it's definitely been a journey and it's it still is a journey i i find it first a responsibility i've got a responsibility i believe to help lead her forward and what i mean is that Many people haven't seen a woman occupy this type of role. And so I feel like I owe it to the next girl down the line to do a really great job uh, so that she's got that opportunity in the future and also um, clear clear some hurdles for her. Um, and that hurdle, I think, is about visibility. It's about maybe one day people won't be surprised that a woman has this role or they won't uh, make an assumption about what my role probably is rather than general manager. And I think the more that um, we can elevate and tell the stories of women who are just crushing it, working in sports organizations, the better off um, the next gal is going to be down the line. So I take it really seriously. And, you know, I'm on a podcast here, so I'll have to tell you, I I took it so seriously, I started my own podcast um, called Leadership is Female, where I actually interview female executives in sports it, beyond baseball so that they can tell their story and I can shine a light and on, on their accomplishments and also lay out a path and groundwork for the next woman coming down the line. I think I saw something about that. I, I, you don't have a Twitter account, do you? I have an Instagram account oh. and uh, and LinkedIn. I do have a Twitter, um, but I'm really terrible at keeping up with it. I can only do so much, and Twitter falls to the bottom of the list. So the podcast is Leadership is Female? Yes. Okay, yeah, I, I saw something about it. I was going to check it out. Um, so what, what advice would you give for young girls wanting to reach where, you, where you've gotten? Yeah, um, gosh, just get started. And I know that sounds so ambiguous, but the opportunities abound if you're ready to go after it. You're going to have to take an internship. It might be unpaid. And if that's difficult for you, you might have to have a part-time job that pays while you're doing an unpaid internship. It's about getting your foot in the door. It's about recognizing opportunity. If you're lucky enough to get to go to college, is there an athletics department? How can you get involved in the athletics department? Then how can you talk about what you've accomplished? Make sure you're starting a LinkedIn. Make sure that um, you're posting valuable content, things that you've learned that you think can help other people. It's about creating visibility for yourself, um, starting to create that network, being a great person, and also doing great work. As I stated towards the beginning of this interview, 
You know, be so good they won't forget you. Make sure that no matter how it is that you're showing up or what it is you have to do, whether you're working in a team store or guest services or scanning tickets, like do the best job you can do. And I will promise you that the doors will continue to open for you in the future. Speaking of the future, what are your future career goals? Uh, that's a great question, Robert. Um, you know, I'm I'm really big on on goal setting, um, but at at the moment, my goals really revolve around the aces um, first. You know, getting the team back on the field after a canceled season last year due to the pandemic. So that's that's number number one to accomplish. Um, Number two, you know, big goal of mine, big passion of mine is leading women forward in their sports careers. So I've started tackling that goal with the podcast, and I think there's a lot of room for expansion um, in that space that I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, I've got big goals around my family as well. I've got two little boys and um, a little girl on the way. And that's part of my story. I mean, part of my goal is to be a great mom and, and a great wife. And um, this is a big year for us, welcoming a new baby, bringing back the Reno Aces, having my podcast going. Like, I am so focused on, on those three initiatives, and um, it's an exciting time. Were you all able to do anything in the stadium while the season was canceled, like have concerts or anything? I, I'm over here. I think they had like a collegiate league and stuff like that. But did you, were you all able to like, do anything? Oh, I can tell you're in Texas, Robert. <laughs> no, <laughs> our state was very, very, very shut down. Um, so unfortunately, we didn't we didn't get to do a lot um, here here in Reno um, until the until October. Um, we were at the time um, hosting uh, USL soccer, part of the United Soccer League, um, and we were able to have two matches at our stadium with fans, and we were allowed a whopping 250 people at the first game and 700 people at the second game. Um, so it was slow stepping back into opening those big green gates at the front of the ballpark. Um, but, you know, we're happy to have been able to do what we could have done and um, safely open the venue last fall. So we feel better prepared for the Aces season this spring. Yeah, you spoke that I'm in Texas. Uh, yeah, we're 100% here now. I don't know about the baseball stadium. I know they're going to have non-social distancing seats and some that are. But I know the re I, I went to a restaurant the other day, and it was packed. I mean, it was totally full. And I don't know. I really didn't feel uncomfortable. But it's kind of weird, you know, to have things full after everything being empty. So what, what are your... Uh, are y'all going to be able to have fans this year? Yeah, we will have fans, and things are happening really quickly here. Um, in terms of of the vaccination rate, you know, the number of people who are able to get vaccines, we're progressing. It was slow, I think, everywhere across the nation in the beginning, and it's really like the availability is exponential um, at at this point. So, the more vaccines that um, that get in people's arms, the, the greater the opening rate we have. And a lot of that is dictated by both the state of Nevada and the county in which our stadium resides. And then also 
we've got different rules and and regulations from from Major League Baseball as they have uh, ultimate oversight in minor league baseball. So lots of uh, lots of different rules to follow and things to plan for. And um, opening day is May 13th. So we're a little shy of two months out from that date. So a lot's going to change in those seven weeks, um, but we're we're ready. We've got plans on plans on plans, and we can't wait to welcome back uh, Reno Aces fans. Yep, pretty exciting stuff, having minor league baseball back. I have a team about five minutes away from my house that I like to go to once in a while. Uh, but Emily, it was a pleasure having you on. I really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, my pleasure, Robert. It was so nice to speak with you. Thank you. Okay, guys, uh, don't forget the giveaway, Astros Baseball Podcast at gmail.com. Enter the phrase, let's go. The, uh, we're going to do the giveaway show on Sunday, March 28th. Thanks again to Emily Jensen, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.